our mind has countless dimensions, some magical and some mystical. It's all about which ones do we discover and nurture. Mental health is not a destination, but a process. It's about how you drive and not where you are going. Your mental health is a priority. Your happiness is an essential and your self-care is an absolute necessity. I, Shalmali, welcome you to the podcast series by Empathy for You that aims at educating you with every aspect of mental health so that we can meet a happy you. Today I am in conversation with Divya Dureja. Divya is a well-renowned counselling psychologist, mental health and sexuality educator. She is a three-time TEDx speaker. She delves into the theme of feminism, freedom, sexuality, liberty, power and autonomy. I'm glad to have you Divya at my podcast today. Today we are discussing about LGBTQ and mental health. This is a very different yet a very important and a crucial topic. So my first question to you, Divya, is a study says that as compared to people that identify as straight, LGBT individuals are three times more likely to experience a mental health condition, which is the biggest factor that affects the mental health of LGBTQ community adversely. Um, so this study or multiple other studies uh, usually have the premise in uh, what is the level or the number of stressors affecting somebody. So uh, LGBTQIA members uh, actually fall under something we call uh, minority status. Uh, so there are certain religious or ethnic groups. And these particular minority groups um, tend to feel something called minority stress. There's an ample of research done on this topic. Now, the peculiar thing about LGBTQI individuals uh, and why uh, you have come across a study that says they're three times more likely is that these minority stressors uh, have to be looked at. So, say, uh, something as my civil rights, my civil right to have an insurance uh, health insurance, life insurance, mediclaim policy, or to have uh, a wedding that is legally recognized is not there. So I am made to feel like a second class citizen, so to say. So that is a stress, a source of distress. Uh, other distress would be prejudice, something as worse as uh, corrective rape or conversion therapy that exists. So uh, all these thoughts that one has to come out, then deal with the aftermath of things, creates a very, very uh, immense amount of stress in one's uh, mind and body. And that is why there are, um, it is largely uh, found uh, that in queer individuals, uh, four mental health illnesses tend to uh, occur uh, in high uh, capacity. Uh, one is depression because say something as simple as you're trying to think of, oh, how do I come out? How do I deal with this? My life will not look the same. So that creates a very intense low mood that can uh, present itself 
clinically as depression um the other is anxiety anxiety pertaining to again all of these factors how do i deal with feeling like this othered person then comes uh, substance abuse uh, so to kind of numb oneself or uh, maladaptively cope with it because they can't really talk about it to much people or don't know how to you know um, traverse this journey on their own uh, uh people start to kind of intentionally release its substance that is becoming from substance use to substance use and fourth would be suicidal ideation uh because one so much they just feel like giving up and then they begin to kind of uh, engage in self harm and suicidal ideation and which many times even leads to suicidal attempt so we have to focus on understanding uh minority stressors that really start the process for one to kind of have these mental health illnesses and try to target on reducing those minority stressors and that's how we can actually help bring down the rate of uh, all these illnesses in queer population all right so moving on to the next question a heavy percentage of the lgbtq are said to live in denial so what exactly this term mean okay in denial um this is not something specific to queer individual this is something specific to human species um when something happens which is hard for us to uh, wrap our heads around it's we go through stages of accepting it right so uh, this could be small things like doing badly in a test to uh, grieving the loss of some close person uh, specifically in lgbtqia community sometimes the queer person themselves like you said is in denial or even their families are in denial let's kind of step back and understand okay what do we really mean by this now queer identity formation happens in stages it's one day you begin to realize something is different or i i have likes or i have feelings that people around me don't seem to have um then kind of comes the stage of identity formation first you uh, kind of begin to explore so that stage is called identity exploration then comes identity tolerance then comes identity acceptance then comes identity uh, as a state of exploration then comes the pride then comes identity synthesis so some sort of of queer individual formation and given insight to this so this to kind of really put it as denial is to um minimize the scope of what one is going through and to really understand in that you have to understand that these these are stages so to this point to finger and to say someone no you're in denial is not great similarly when you a uh, queer person speaks out to their parents they have gone through a process of this whole stages themselves and accepted it and found a certain sense of synthesis in their identity then we kind of many people are very fast to say oh my parent is queer so big or they are in denial 
if you have taken time to process this you have to give time to parents also why because they are again doing what you did which was manage expectations our parents tend to have a life script laid out for us right we all have a life script school college marriage job you know uh, babies then retirement plan this is a life script which we sadly like really um, in a narrow way have formed uh, so they never leave scope to kind of uh, 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 keep room for okay this might not be the life script my child may not like the opposite sex or may not like the gender identity or the feel uh, complete in that so uh, it is a constant um, negotiation with oneself and the society that one goes through and that's again where this uh, allyship allyship is so important for everybody around us from schools parents teachers medical staff academia uh, uh blue collar white collar all classes to kind of understand that we don't have to live such a narrow definition of life and of oneself and there should be scope for exploration because if we harden our expectation so much that's when it becomes so difficult to accept any kind of change or anything that doesn't go by this norm so uh denial so to say has to be understood uh under the lens of uh the situation the context and that particular stage one is in so moving on to the third question which age group among the community is most vulnerable to a stigmatizing society there isn't any i think uh of course um you know there was we seeing certain young students are committing suicide but um the other day i came across a post where um a man from pakistan has become a political refugee was living with his husband in canada they had a, adopted a small baby as well um but he committed suicide one day and uh, on further exploration it was found that it still pinched him terribly that his family wasn't accepting of him even though he had striven on his own terms to get a good job to find a partner to create the life he wanted to create but uh, so you never re- really know what's going on in somebody's head what weightage they are giving to some experience of their life uh, what is their level of resilience uh, and uh, when their their negative thoughts just overpower them so um there is no age group of course we know that young minds who don't uh, have uh, the ability to kind of um, be independent in terms of monetary or career wise will feel more pressured but there isn't any age per se of course something is you know becoming hiv positive or having an std or undergoing um, uh, conversion therapy or corrective rape or um uh, any other terrible traumatic experiences uh how one bounces from it really depends on their genetics and nurture and how resilient they've become so there is no age group per se it can happen at any point 
again we have to think of the stressors one is in and what their mindset towards those stressors is do they feel like okay maybe i can deal with this i'll get help or uh, they don't seem to see the light you know so um, there is no age per se for one to feel really like there is no help out there all right so now i move towards the next question what are the things that need to be kept in mind while interacting with the lgbtq in day to day lives so this is something very specific to which i've also spoken in my recent ted talk about how can you be good allies or you support a queer individual so there are some steps one can take um say if you come across a person who has hiv positive status don't further stigmatize don't alienate them understand what this condition is and um, be more uh, uh, open hearted and accepting of them as a person uh, other things could be step one is like listen and believe so if a person is telling you hey this is my experience this is what i feel don't doubt it and don't undermine it don't call it a phase don't tell them you don't know what you're talking about or this is terrible uh, you will never be accepted no if this person has confided in you they are seeking a safe space and safe refuge and uh, they have really thought through it a lot and then spoken it they haven't just said it uh, step 2 could kind of be um, to help them access resources so sometimes a queer person themselves are unable to access resources when they are so low or so confused so uh, you can be the person who helps them uh, or goes with them you know to an appointment to a doctor just be there as a support um other ways one can really stand up is to be an advocate sign petitions walk with us in pride march we need allyship a lot you seen ek ladki ko dekha to aisa laga in that rajkumar rao shows how he is an ally and he uh, gives his support to the queer couple to help destigmatize um their relationship so the role of an ally is so so important uh it's no longer us and them it's us all as humans and uh we are all in it for each other if your civil rights are not being guaranteed i'm there to stand up for you and support you in the ways i can and be an advocate all right so let's move towards the next question The lives of all the people from the LGBTQ community are certainly extremely difficult and mentally draining. So, what kind of mindset can help them foster their mental wellness daily? So, daily things to do: focus on ADLs, activities of daily living. As soon as you mess up your sleep cycle and your food intake, what will happen is your brain needs a certain level of stability to keep negative thoughts at bay away but if you uh, are not respecting your mind and body then your defenses are down and when your defenses are down negative thoughts will ruminate more and more in your head so 
for anybody who is going through identity confusion or low period i tell them to first focus on their ads try to bring your sleep cycle back to normal we are humans not owls we have a circadian rhythm we are meant to sleep at time and wake up in the morning feel purposeful take an internship study be uh, be responsible for something engage in some activity or hobby i know it's difficult right now but that is something you need to do to keep your mind engaged eat within 1 hour of waking up your mind needs that otherwise it goes into a flight or fight response it doesn't know that you are just delaying it right eat every 3 hours so the first comes to the very basic of caring for your mind and body that in itself will reduce your negative thinking and uh, the obsessive thoughts that come be it for self harm or just feeling low post that you have can then focus on okay if i'm feeling lonely how do i stop that you reach out online see a platform like yours multiple other platforms on instagram there are so many apps now where you can meet mind like my uh, like minded people so uh, engage um, and keep yourself active that is the most important thing if you're having difficulty doing even the basic functioning things that mean you require help from a professional reach out this doesn't have to be that way i myself was depressed in 2017 i knew this is happening but i needed to reach out and sometimes life just takes you in that place without you realizing there can be just one sudden thing and you fall down you know but you can always get back up so um don't be afraid to reach out really normal and uh, focus on occupying yourself with activities so the next question is how can problems like anxiety depression and suicidal ideation among the lgbtq be identified at their early stages and how can they be helped out so this takes us back to our first question in a way where i introduced the concept of minority stressors again how will we identify identify happens when we can acknowledge ki okay i'm feeling these many means i'm going from stage of productivity to feeling levels of procrastination or low mood so first sign of say your weight falls or your weight increases suddenly or you get too much acne you are having feeling irritable or anxious these are the first symptoms you can recognize and you don't want these to further grow right so those are the signs you recognize okay i am not my happy self i am either too cranky or i am too concerned or i'm ignoring certain things is when you should ideally reach out because the sooner you reach out the sooner we can help you get your life back on track and feel positive the way it is intended for us to feel and now moving on to the last question which is very important what role does family play in the mental health of these individuals family plays an immense role family is somebody as children we look up to for security love affection safety 
these are very inherent uh, uh, needs uh, you know primary needs for child and the attachment styles we develop with our parents whether it's safe and secure attachment style determines our personality later on to a great extent so uh, if a queer person is feeling no i can't talk about this particular facet of my identity with my parents of course that is going to take a toll on them because this hiding this tiptoeing really affects one because they are feeling like this family that birthed me that i'm here for may not accept me so uh, it is very important for parents for uh, siblings to listen to such podcasts and understand that if they feel that their child or their sibling may be struggling with a facet of identity you should confront them but maybe drop hints like what satyam is writing with them talk about some queer news uh topic to show that you care about this you know to make them feel secure enough that hey this environment allows you to uh share this aspect instead of asking to a girl who is your boyfriend you can say do you like anybody do you have a partner make it open ended make it gender inclusive you know so that is something a family can do to really support their uh queer child or sibling Thank you Divya for such an insightful discussion on LGBTQ and mental health. We got to know how we can help these individuals cope with their mental health. I would also like to thank all the listeners for tuning in and I'll meet you again in the next podcast with a new guest. Till then, see you and bye-bye.